Thanks for tuning in to the Midweek Conversation. As a church, we're trying to find new ways to help you engage with Jesus and grow in your faith at this time when life looks so different. In this podcast, I'll be joined by some of the other site pastors to reflect on the preach from Sunday and talk about how we can practically apply some of the things that were mentioned in it. We know that it's so easy to hear a great talk on a Sunday and have the best intentions to put it into practice, but by the time Monday morning rolls around, life has gotten the way and we've forgotten what was shared. So hopefully this conversation will help you think again about the preach and provide some insight for how you can connect with Jesus. So let's get started. Once again, I'm joined by Paul Creechley, one of the site pastors from our Cardiff Central site. And today I'm also delighted to welcome Anna Crosby, who leads our West site with her husband, Mark. It's great to have you both with me today. How are you guys? How are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm doing good. It feels a bit of a shock back here at the beginning of the week um, after such a glorious few days off lounging around in the sun in the back garden. Um, and then back to reality, homeschool, oh. probability I've been doing this morning, probability. Probability, Ooh. wow. I know, not my forte, but anyway, What's we've managed it. What's the probability of that being taught well? Uh, <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> I think that would be the same for any of the three of us. That's true. How about you, Paul? Oh, you know what? I had a great Saturday lovely long bike ride in the morning i always forget how beautiful wales is so i had that and then had a really productive day in the uh in the garden for the rest nice. of the day so it's taken us a long time it's been a slow <laughs> progress this garden we've done like bits of it each summer but it's finally getting there so good weekend how about you doug Lye? how about you oh it was a similar weekend for me i had a cycle ride probably not as long as you Paul, but um went for a short short burt sprint around the north of the city and then did a little bit of gardening it was funny hearing alice talk because she shared about doing some gardening and as she was sharing i was thinking about my garden i was like you haven't seen anything until you've seen the state of my garden it's like a bomb has hit it Um, but we are we're getting there Anyway, great to hear how you guys are doing, but let's turn our attention to uh, this week's talk. I know that we're only two talks into this series, but it feels like it's going to be a really good, meaty, practical series, doesn't it? (laughs) One of those kind of series that you're just like, every week nails you. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, I thought I was doing okay in this. And then you hear it like, oh, I've got a long way to go. (laughs) Absolutely. And so this week, obviously, Alice was teaching from the second half of James chapter 1, verses 19 to 25, and she called this talk, um, Real Faith Hears and Does. And she started by making this point uh, around listening, about how we in the West, as, as a soci- we as a society in the West, are becoming worse at listening, especially because of our relationship, the relationship we have with our mobile phones. Which I thought was a really interesting insight and, and thought, wasn't it? That that we are becoming worse at listening. I can see that in my life. What did you guys think about that? Sorry, what was it you just said? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, boy, you got me. <laughs> sorry, I had to. I had to. I had to. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, as I was listening to her talk on yesterday and uh, listened to her, that bit about her talking about just being poor listeners. Um, I do. Th- I, I think for me, there's so many distractions out there in life. And uh, even when 
I don't have my phone in my hand or near me. I'm still thinking as the, as the person's talking, not actively listening. I'm just like, mm, yeah, 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 mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> and thinking about the next thing or thinking about how I could solve the problem. And she alluded, Alice alluded to all of that, um, yeah. didn't she? And I, I think- mean, it's such a problem for me. And uh, I think my phone for me is my biggest distraction in life, mm. definitely. Um, and so something I struggle with. And so, and as much as I uh, love my phone, I love Sabbath where I switch it off. Mm. And, uh, and then, but then, and so I love it. I'm, I am way more present than I am when my phone is switched on. Um, so for me, trying to re-enter into my phone being switched back on and all of that 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 provides with this distraction is actually my is, is something I'm trying to figure out what does that yeah. look like for me <clears throat> is it more than once a week that I switch my phone off do I have stricter rules around when it's around and when it's switched on mm. so um that's definitely Alice was so right that for me just like what do I you know what is the challenge for me personally and what does that look like and um how do I do that safely and all of that kind of thing? So yeah, definitely yeah. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you think about it, Paul? This idea that actually, yeah, as a society, we are becoming worse at listening and paying attention to those around us. I think for me, the the challenge I found, especially around the phone, because in reality, that is the big distraction. That you know, computer games and Netflix as well within there, but definitely the the constant connectedness of mm. the phone. I've realised in lockdown when you're just say in the house all the time, I'm like. I pick my phone up to take it with me wherever I'm going. And so over the last couple of weeks, mm. I've, I've tr- tried to catch myself a little bit and go, do I really need to take my phone to the kitchen right now? Like, I'm, I'm just walking through to mm-hmm. refill my glass or something. I, I do not need my phone on me in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, that's been the thing I've been noticing is actually how often... I'm just like, oh, no, I need my phone with me just in case someone needs to get in touch or so I can check something. And for me, that dis- mm. that distractedness mm. is maybe not so much about listening to people in that moment because I, I try to be a bit more present in that, but more probably about just being mm. present with the Lord, but also with how I'm doing in that moment rather than going, oh, mm. you know, Lord, I'm just mm. going to pray as I do this or I'm going to say, like, invite you into this moment. It's like, oh, no, I'm just going to check BBC Sport again. There's no sport going mm. on, but I still want to check BBC Sport. <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. And I mean, another thing that Alice just uh, alluded to in her talk with this was this idea or this reality that this current situation that we find ourselves in, um, Mm. all of those things that we are struggling with or those characteristics in us that are just sitting beneath the surface, particularly those underlying Mm. levels of anger and frustration, that they're just bubbling away at the moment. And and I think it's probably really true that at the moment some of that stuff will come to the surface as we find ourselves locked down with even with the people we love. There was a great question mm-hmm. that she shared, wasn't there, about you know how have you treated those you love this yeah. week? Um, yeah. And I thought that was something. Just I think as I was listening, it sat with Soap <laughs> and Robin. I was just listening, like <laughs> how have I treated you guys this week? That was yeah. a real. Yeah. What do you yeah. guys think on that? I think like when Alice is speaking about like the emotions just being just under the surface and I think for me it's not although the passage is specifically talking about anger I think for me I found especially during lockdown it's been highlighted even more 
that my emotions are literally just underneath the surface and one of those can flip out into anger or um and and i think for me that my biggest challenge or even sadness or uh excitement and joy and i think i've been up down up down left right pulled this way and that way with my emotions especially over the last seven weeks and i think for me i've had to try and just process each emotion as it flips out i've had to frequently apologize to mark and my husband and and the kids just like i'm really sorry i wasn't really mad at you i was just feeling a little bit overwhelmed with everything and um thankfully they're very gracious yeah and well it's often those closest to us that get the worst of us isn't it you know it's like oh okay you'll spend a lot of energy in loving maybe people at work or people at church on a Sunday morning really well and then come home and it's like oh it's you know I get to be with this person all the time and and they they get the real selfishness of you they get the real frustration of you and there's a beauty in that because it's the safe environment in which you feel able to just be yourself but it's also I think a moment when our selfishness really comes out because it's basically going you know what I would rather be the negative version of me right now because I want to be lazy and this is what I'd quite like to do rather than going what does it look like for me to honour you fully in this moment what does it look like for me to treat you well in this moment um, and I just think it was so challenging when I look at, at my week and and not even just in lockdown if I look back over the last sort of six months, year. And I've just begun to ask the question, am I coming to my home life and to how I treat my wife with the same intention as how I'm treating those that I work with or that I see at church or that I see in different spaces? Mm. Or am I Mm. just a bit flippant? Like, oh, well, you're always here. Like, you're always just, you're going to be here tomorrow as well. Like, it doesn't really matter. I can be frustrated with you. So I think when you begin to ask that question, it reveals really how your character is doing. And it's like, ooh, there might be some work. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it makes me think of that question. She Another great question she asked about, Do you, am I getting angry at the right things? Mm. So yes. am I getting angry at a person or is it the situation? Am I angry because it's not as sunny as it was yesterday? Is that, what, yeah. is that the underlying frustration? And then I'm taking it out on somebody which is just another great thing to look back on the week and go okay what points was i getting angry and what was i getting angry about was it the mm-hmm. right things was it was it an okay mm-hmm. thing a just thing to be angry about um or was it actually just mm-hmm. those emotions yeah. bubbling away and rising up in a way that i wouldn't want them to normally and i i found that yeah. such a challenge because for me i'm typically someone who doesn't get very angry but that then translates in also not getting angry enough about the right things and so yeah. it's it mm-hmm. can come across really well in some scenarios because it's like oh man you seem really calm and they don't seem too affected by you know what's going on around it's like yeah that's good but then the problem comes when I go, oh yeah but actually I, my heart doesn't feel that moved by this injustice that i've seen mm-hmm. and that for me was mm-hmm. such a challenge hearing that yesterday because it was going okay what does it look like to I guess bring an awareness of those things to mind and then in like prayerful reflection go lord would you give me your heart for this thing because i don't want to not be moved yeah. i don't want to just yeah. kind of 
be okay with it and move on and forget about it. Like, God, this stuff is not okay. Uh, and I think for those of us mm. who don't get angry so much, there's a real positive in it, but that's what we have to really watch out for is that we just don't become yeah. complacent. Yeah. And that's definitely mm. something that I'm going to be continuing to process over the coming weeks of like, Lord, what does it look like? And especially going into the next few months and the recession that we're going to be in and the the outworking of the coronavirus lockdown and things like that there's going to be widespread injustice and widespread issues that we need to be moved by and as the church of jesus christ we have to be at the forefront of going some of these things are not okay and we need to be active in them and yeah for those of us who maybe aren't uh moved in the same way we can't just ignore them and we can't just go, oh, that's for someone else. We have to take on the heart of the mm-hmm. Lord towards them. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, you know, as as we'll see as we keep going, continuing through this series, mm. this book of James is essentially James telling the believers, you know, this is how genuine, authentic, real faith is lived out. This is how you should live as believers, as Christians, as people who are following Jesus. You know, this doesn't happen instantly. This is a journey of discipleship. This is yeah. so we we it's James is ultimately saying, you know, real faith should produce a change in us and a transformation, but it will take mm. time. It's not an instant. It's not going to instantly change everything about us. Mm. And Alice spoke about how um, many of us can get stuck, can't we, between this person who we see ourselves to be. Well, this picture of looking in the mirror. Who do I see when I look in the mirror? And who is it that I want to become? And we get Mm. stuck in this place of, I know how I'm currently living, but I know who I want to become. But how do I get there? Mm. Um, And she made this point, which is really evident in the passage, that James is saying that we should become people of the word and not people of the world. What great, (laughs) what great sentence that is. You know, great quote. Become people of the word, not the world. So I just think it'd be really helpful if we just spent a little time talking about some of the practices that can help get the word of God into us. Because Alice gave us some examples, but it'd be really helpful just to hear from you guys what that looks like in your lives. And Yeah. So um, I think for me, like, obviously, Alice talked about Lectio 365. Mm. I just, I'll just... Um, it's spelled L-E-C-T-I-O 365 for Thank those you. that don't know how to, how to spell it. Um, um, and it's an app that, um, yeah, uh, 24-7 have put out and, and it, t- it goes through the word, some scripture and then there's prayers around it with like this beautiful soothing music in the background. <laughs> yes. And uh, I think for me, um, I don't, I probably, I don't do it every day. Um, but I do it most days Um, and generally it there's not really a set time sometimes I do it when I start to feel overwhelmed and a bit frantic in my mind and I'm like I know this is where I can feel grounded and I let I generally just go and lie on my bed because I know I generally know I can't do anything but just lie there and just and have it it's on my phone but you don't have to look at the screen because there's uh, one of the guys that are reading it out loud and so I just shut my eyes and I just take it all in and and so for me it is all is just beautiful and can't I tell everybody about it (laughs) yeah I've started using it more recently because I heard quite a few people rave about it uh and so probably it was only maybe six weeks ago that I began it around lockdown really Mm. and for a a little while Mm. Claire and I would listen to it 
uh, as we were getting to bed and like kind of in our evening prayers or nighttime prayers. And uh, but then I, I sort of realized it talks quite a lot about almost like setting up your day. Um, one of the prayers towards mm-hmm. the end. So I started listening yes. to it a bit more in the morning. So I've definitely found it useful for that. I've, I've probably found it helpful more as a tool of prayer than a tool of like getting the scriptures in me. Now I'm quite fortunate that I just enjoy reading the Bible uh, and I know lots of people don't and they can struggle to get into it. And I'm, I feel very blessed by the Lord that I enjoy opening it up and thinking, what does this look like for my life? But for me, one of the things that it has often entailed is reading a Psalm and a proverb a day, because sometimes you come to scripture and feel a bit overwhelmed of where, where do I start? And okay, I've only got a little bit of time. Mm. Do I dive into a letter that I don't really know what's going on and all of that kind of stuff? Whereas what I found over the years is a psalm and a proverb, there is such wisdom and there is such emotion in them that there's definitely something I'm going to be able to apply, definitely something that I'm going to be able to relate to. And so often that will be my rhythm of just opening up, I read a psalm and then I read a proverb. And then depending on the day, I might like journal one of the verses. And so for me, writing things down just helps me process them. And so if you, if I look back over my journals over the years, there's often just a, you know half a page that's in, like, in big letters, not particularly neat because I'm not a very neat writer, um, a verse written out. And I don't really go back to it very much, but in that moment, it just helps me meditate on what I'm reading. Uh, and for me, that's definitely the case mm. that writing it out helps me engage with it. And so that's what I've done. And, mm. and I think for me, James has taught on this many times. He uses the phrase drip, free, drip, drip feeding your soul with scripture. And I love that yeah. because... It's, it can become a bit overwhelming and a bit uh, discouraging when you come to read scripture and you're like, oh, I don't, don't really feel like I got anything from that. I don't feel like I enjoyed that moment. And for me, it's more about the long-term effect of filling our minds with the truth that's in the word. And okay. I think we can be naive sometimes to how much what we consume affects us. And we are like, oh, well, maybe we've we've read the Bible twice in a week for five minutes and we've just dipped into it but we have binged watch Stranger Things or you know whatever Netflix series you know and then we go well I wonder why we're not thinking in the way of the kingdom but we're thinking in the way of the world Uh, you know it's not like like, not knocking Netflix said it last week there's some great stuff on there but it's just that awareness to go well what am I filling my soul with what am I filling my mind with and that helps me mm. when I come to scriptures if I'm not having a particularly profound encounter in that moment. I'm just like, well, what I'm doing is I'm drip feeding my soul. I'm just reading about the way that the world should be mm. or the way that my mindset should be. Mm. Okay, this is good. Even mm. if it's not profound, yeah. I'm still getting something from this. So that's been a helpful attitude that I've had towards it in order to kind of keep it sustainable over the long term. Because otherwise... I just yeah. get you get burnt out with it because you go well I'm not really getting anything from this don't seem to be getting any progress yeah. comes back to that gardening analogy that Alice used and that was referenced from John 15 this idea that the word is planted in us and since we've been locked down I've been like growing some <laughs> seeds just in our in a few little pots just the thing the new hobbies you get into huh, when yeah. you're in lockdown <laughs> and um it's funny because a few of the shoots have started to come out now through the soil but you realise if you don't do it for a cu- if you don't water them for a couple of days, how they start to wither. Mm. Um, and I know with a couple of them, like you're pouring the water into the pots, and 
if you pour too much in, it becomes overwhelmed and drowned. So it needs to have the right amount, just a little bit to keep it soaked. But I think that's what it can be like when we when we're new to this and we're starting to try and get into the word of God, if we try and like swamp ourselves and drown ourselves in scripture and go like, Oh, I'm going to read the whole of this in, in a day, Mm -hmm. we can feel a bit overwhelmed and we'll come to it the next day. And we'll just be like, Oh, I just haven't got the energy to do that again. That was too much. So I think it's, it's being able to take a manageable piece and eat of that and drink of that and let that Mm -hmm. nourish our souls. Um, Paul, as you were talking and saying about, I've heard James talk often about this idea of drip feeding our soul with scripture. And I love that. And mm. I've also heard him talk about having wells of scripture, mm. you know, these places in the Bible that we return to, mm. um, that j- maybe, um, passages or, or verses that are just really significant to us that we come back mm. to that bring us mm. near to God. Mm. Um, and obviously, uh, Alice spoke about John 15, which I think is a really helpful passage. If someone is trying to, get to grips with scripture and and understand what it looks like i think that's a great place to start do you guys have any but do do either of you have passages or places that you often go back to in scripture that you just find really nourish your soul that come to mind yeah yeah so i think for me um i constantly as a person who does have problems with anxiety and can feel overwhelmed i constantly go back to the verse that says do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough to worry about and so i think for me that's that's a, a verse that especially that i ponder and i meditate on because i can just start to feel overwhelmed and anxious yeah yeah the psalms for me there are many of them that have become those wells i go back to yeah. just a couple that spring to mind immediately mm. psalm 16 psalm 27 Psalm 27 is one that many of us know, you know, the Lord is my light mm. uh, and my salvation. Whom should I fear? And there's just this mm. line right at the end of it that it's like, uh, to, to summarize, it's basically like, I'm convinced that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And it's it's just this mm. beautiful hope that, you know what, whatever we're going through, so we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We don't, We yes, we will see it in yeah. the future restoration, but we will also see it now. Uh, and so for me that has just been a place I've come back to time and time again Ephesians Ephesians Mm -hmm. 1 not even all of Ephesians I I can't get past chapter 1 there's so much richness in it and for me that has been a passage of scripture Mm -hmm. that I have consistently come back to and just meditated Mm -hmm. on different verses within it because there's such deep truth in it and and that's what Mm -hmm. I find helpful uh, when you break it down and really dwell and Alice was talking about it as the breath prayer of dwelling on what do, what does this mm. verse mean now I, i'm all for saying actually often we need to read bigger chunks of scripture to understand the context of a letter or how it flows but there's also something really profound about meditating on just a few verses and going what does this mm. really mean that we were yeah. predestined for sonship before the world was created yeah. that is bonkers Jimmy, that, that means that you and I were thought of before the Lord created the world. And when you begin to understand that, yeah. that completely changes your perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. so encouraging to hear you talk about these places that you return to and you meditate on. Mm. Um, and I think for anyone who's trying to get to grips with Scripture and get Scripture into you, I think there's a danger that sometimes we think quantity over quality of time in the Word. Like, actually... Mm 
if I get as much of it in as quickly as possible, then it's going to change me. But actually, mm. I think sometimes coming back to the same verses repeatedly helps to just become familiar with it. Mm. You know, that you just know what the word says. And I think that's, as we're looking, you know, Alice spoke about, it's not just about listening to the word, it's about doing what the word says. And so it's not just reading it and then walking away and forgetting what you've just read. You need to be able to go on your journey and recall what the what scripture says. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been it's been really helpful to to talk this through with you guys. I find it it is really great to be able to revisit the Sunday Sunday talk yeah. with with you. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your insights and and what it's looked like for both of you to try and get the Word of God into your lives. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'd love to know how you found this podcast and how you're connecting with Jesus at this time. And if there's any way that we can help you in that, just email info at cardiffinyard.org. I'll be back again next week with some of the team and we'd love you to tune in. Have a great week.